This morning I'd like to look at a verse of scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 32. <clears throat> and uh, so often, <clears throat> excuse me, I uh, go to verse 17, which is a, uh, Debbie, this is one of your dad's uh, favorite scriptures. And as he introduced us to that, uh, those that were uh, blessed to sit under his teaching, uh, just a, a wonderful scripture, and as I would read this, I'd get to verse 17, and my cup was full, and I just kind of stopped there, but I looked at verse 18, so let's, let's read verse 17. Our, our lesson, our subject this morning will be in verse uh, 18. Uh, and verse 17, Isaiah 32, 17, and the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. So this work of righteousness is certainly not what you or I do. The work of righteousness is the work that Jesus Christ did uh, on the cross. And, uh, and because of that, there shall be peace. And the effect of it, effect of that righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. And again, my cup was always so full as I looked at that, and I never really went to verse 18. So look at verse 18. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. So what a joy that is to think on that. Now, certainly uh, there will be an eternal resting place we will have, but certainly these things apply to us now in this, in this age uh, that we live in. So uh, uh, my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in a sure dwelling and in quiet resting places. Just think about that for a moment. So where or what is your resting place? Is it peaceable? Is it sure? Is it quiet? Is it a resting place? I, uh, you say, well, you know, sometimes I remember I was doing some work for some people, actually not very long in here, uh, not very far from here, when <clears throat> I was doing construction. And a lady, uh, Ford, get, I'd always get there early, get tools out and everything. And the lady would seem like she would come out uh, about every morning before everybody got there, and, and uh, we'd talk about scriptures. And uh, 
She said, uh, I never will forget this. <clears throat> and she said, well, used to, I never doubted my salvation. And, and that's a great place to be, isn't it? Never doubt your salvation of your soul. That's a, that's a place to be. In fact, that's a sure and peaceable and quiet resting place. But then she says, but lately I've, I begin to doubt my salvation. So no longer in this place. Was she ever really in the place? I, I have my doubts about that where her place was. But I, uh, the Lord gave me just a simple answer to her. I said, well, I said, the only, there's only one reason you would ever doubt your salvation. And that surprised her. She was thinking all these reasons that she was doubting her salvation. And I said, there's only one reason. I says, because you're not trusting in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation from the Father. I said, looking to other things. Because if you're looking to the Father and his plan of salvation through Jesus Christ, there's no doubting. He completed the work. So there's no, there's no doubting. So anyway, uh, your resting place. Peace, quietness, sure, peaceable. Dolores and I was in Columbus, uh, see, last week, I guess, and uh, I was really shocked. I kind of did a double take. We was, uh, uh, I'm not sure what area actually we was we was in. But anyway, so this church building, and on the sign out front, do you know what the name of it was? Sinai. I couldn't believe it. The name on the church was Sinai. And I looked again. Name on the church was Sinai. I can only, by the scriptures, imagine what they were teaching but Sinai is that is that a place of, of, of peace uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 19 and uh, we'll see something about Mount Sinai and uh, I tell you what, most that that name was on there. It shocked me, surprised me. And I told Laura, so that's probably a very fitting name. And probably most organizations today, that's probably what they should name it. So let's go something see something about Mount Sinai. <clears throat> so Exodus 19. And, uh, well, verse 1. <clears throat> In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from uh, Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had encamped in the wilderness and there Israel camped before the mount. So, this is 
of uh, an area before the mount, but there was Mount Sinai and then the area uh, immediately before that. After uh, they came up and went through the Red Sea. So now, to save a little time, over in verse 11. Again, what does Sinai mean? And let me ask you, before we start, we're looking at, at peace and quietness and assurance and, and peaceable and so forth. As we read Mount Sinai, <clears throat> see if that comes to mind at all. And, well, the answer will be obvious to you. Uh, verse 11. Uh, and be ready on the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall surely be put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. It shall, not, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So, tells us something about Mount Sinai so far. And uh, I don't get the warm, fuzzy feeling of, uh, of quietness and peace and sureness. Drop down to verse 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the lower part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether in a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. Does that sound like a, a peaceful, quiet resting place and again this organization with a steeple on the roof that's what they named their church Sinai by the way this is where the law of Moses was given and people may say ten commandments there was much more than ten commandments but that's where they was given and this organization in Columbus that's what they named it, Sinai. Again, I feel that most organizations in the world today, if they put on there what they believe, that, that would be a proper name, Sinai, Law of Moses. But is there peace in that? Now, Jan, I lived there for several years, Mount Sinai. And 
Vern, it wasn't a peaceful place, peaceful place for me. There was no quietness. And I've confessed to the church before, uh, I wanted to hide from God. I didn't want to think about God. And uh, I didn't even want to drive by the church building out of Arabia. And uh, because what you know, the world teaches and the laws and commandments and ordinances that I knew I, I, I couldn't do that but that's what I looked at so if you're looking at the law of Moses all of it don't, don't pick and choose well okay this commandment okay this one's outdated I'll pick this one don't, no don't there, you have no authority to pick and choose about the law of Moses over 600 of them, 610, 613, I can't even count that far. But anyway, uh, you can't pick and choose, and I know some people do. Of course, some people want to add more to it uh, as well. But as I look at that, I thought, well, there's, you know, there's no, no way. So I lived there. It was not a place of peace. It was a place of terror. But where do you live today? Where do you dwell? Where, where do we go to today? Uh, in our text, said, and my people. My people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, and in a sure dwelling, and in quiet Resting places. Maybe I'll ask a little uh, question there. It says, my people. How did his people become his people? He chose Israel, not because they were the greatest. The Lord told his disciples, you haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you. Uh, so, when it says, my people, how do they get to be his people? Well, the Lord chose us. The Lord chose them. The Lord chose, and today, anybody who is the Lord's people, it's because he chose them. My people. So, you know, we could look, Adam and Eve, uh, before the fall, had a resting place, Garden of Eden. Noah's family in the ark had a safe resting place in the ark. Israel, as they were ready to, he was ready to bring them out of Egypt. He told them, take the lamb, slay it, take the blood, put it on the lintel, put it on the two side posts. Back behind or under that blood, a peaceable safely placed because the death angel is going to come through going to take the life of all the firstborn man and beast but those that were covered by the blood he said I'll pass over peaceable safe place uh, in the wilderness you know they was uh, behind the cloud he led them by a cloud of the day pillar of uh, fire at night 
but they were uh, safely uh, following behind that cloud. And you know, as they went through the Red Sea, and the Lord parted the Red Sea, and they started through, the cloud went behind them. The cloud was between them and the enemy. So they were safely in a safe place, protected by the Lord in that cloud. And then there's another place, and I want to spend the rest of our time talking about that. A, a, uh, a safe place for those that had committed a certain act. It's a place of safety. And I refer to it as a city of refuge. We studied that a long time ago, very long time ago. City of refuge. Uh, it's a resting place. You can read about it in different places. You can read about it in the uh, Exodus. Let's go to the book of Joshua, and it, it kind of summarizes in less, a lot less uh, uh, reading there. Joshua chapter 20. So this is a, a, a place, a place of safety, be security, quietness. So the Lord told them he's going to give cities to the Levites, but he says, I'm going to take six cities. I want you to take six cities, and these are cities of refuge. And this is a place that certain people... Uh, could flee to for safety and security. So, uh, Joshua chapter 20 and, and verse 1. The Lord also spoke unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Assign you cities of refuge, of which I spoke unto you by the hand of Moses. And again, you could read that back in Exodus as well. That the slayer who killeth any person unintentionally or unawares, and without premeditation may flee there. And they, shall, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And, and so what this is, if, if uh, someone was chopping wood and the head of the axe flew off and hit somebody and killed them, okay, they did kill. And their kin... So if I was doing that, and, and I, uh, that head of that axe flew off, or the chain flew off the chainsaw or something, but anyway, but, and killed somebody, then their family, their kin, had the right and could legally come and kill me. That would be the avenger of blood. So they had the legal right to do that, and they wouldn't be guilty of blood. Now, there, oh, there's so much in this, and we certainly won't uh, touch every point because I don't know every point, but there's so much in this. But so then, uh, that's why the Lord set up these cities of refuge to where these people that this had happened to, they could flee to this city of refuge. And there, they could dwell safely, quiet, peaceably. Didn't have to worry about, let's say this... This man that I uh, uh, killed with that axe head, let's say he had 
10 brothers and sisters or whatever, they could all track me down and kill me. But in that city of refuge, safe. Uh, where do we leave off? Uh, verse 3, I think. Uh, and when he who doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into, the, uh, up into his hand because he smote his neighbor without premeditation and hated him not beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand be <clears throat> before the congregation for judgment and, and to the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come to his own city and to his own house and to the city from where he fled. So what that's saying, and he could, the slayer that was guilty killed somebody. And the avenger could, avenger or avengers could hunt him down, kill him. They wouldn't be guilty of shedding of blood because he killed, he did kill somebody. But the Lord set up these cities of refuge where they could flee to. And there, Rest, peaceable, sure, resting place, not always looking over the shoulder. Again, <clears throat> I spent many years not in this city of refuge, looking over my shoulder, so to speak. Certainly, did. as I look at the things in the law of Moses that people would throw out there. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, there's no security at all. It was not a resting place. I didn't want to think about it. <clears throat> and, and so uh, uh, as we look here in, as I go in verse 7, tells where these cities were to be located. And... Uh, I'm, I'll probably massacre some of these names as well. But I, I want you to look at these names because sometimes when you read these names uh, in the scriptures, when it's not talking about a city in particular, uh, in other words, we're going to this city, but refers to it, a lot of times it refers to what happened there. And we talked uh, a few weeks ago when it, whenever Israel uh, came through the Jordan and they... they took those 12 stones and put that there. And when people would ask about it, so anyway, the name of the city there, people would look at that. So here <clears throat> in your study of the scriptures, when you see these cities, think about, okay, this was, this was one of the locations of the city of refuge. And it adds a deeper meaning or clarification many times. So uh, in verse 7, And they assigned Kadesh in Galilee in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem and Mount Ephraim, and uh, Karathabar, which is in Hebron, in the Mount of Judah, and on the other side of the Jordan, because there's three on each side of Jordan, 
And on the other side of Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad, and then Galan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were cities assigned for the children of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them, that whosoever killeth any person without intent might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. So many things here. Now, as I said before, Claire May, uh, Brother Gene Keaton would tell us, and a lot, and I love to hear him talk about things in the Old Testament and everything. But as you look at parables, a parable is meant to teach something. If you try to take it down to every little nth degree and everything, <clears throat> it'll break down somewhere because it is a parable. So many things in this. Uh, so this is a, a, I mean, literally it was, it was for Israel. But to us, it's also representation. And uh, this, or these Cities of refuge that they could flee to. So, where is our rest today? Where is your rest? <clears throat> where do you flee to? I'll tell you one place I wouldn't flee to. That building had sign out in front of it. <laughs> I, I spent enough time there. I don't want, to go, don't want to go there. Where do you flee to? The book of Hebrew, <clears throat> chapter 6. I think to understand this place of uh, refuge... Uh, this uh, peace, quiet, resting place, we need, we need to understand the other place and why there is no peace and no rest there so we can, I guess, appreciate or understand the actual place of rest and peace. So, Hebrews 6, us see. And that is not the right scripture. I see. Where's that at? Well. Claire May, did you take that page out of my Bible? I can't find that. Uh... Well, that's completely slipped my mind where it went. Anyway, uh, shoot. Well, okay, let, let, let's 6 and 17. I had another thought in mind, but Hebrews 6 and 17. Where 
wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of the counsel, of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. So he's going to show who? The heirs. Everybody's not going to see this. I didn't see it for years whenever I was looking at my Sinai. But uh, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge. See, this is New Testament, but you can see the uh, comparison about those cities of refuge and fleeing to the cities of refuge. So here he says, uh, God doesn't lie that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And again, as, uh, this hope is not a maybe hope. It's a desire with expectation to receive that which you desire. It's not a maybe hope. We use the word hope maybe a lot of times. I hope this or I hope that. That's not what this is. It's a desire. Well, let me just state it this way. I desire to be in the New Jerusalem. I expect to be in the New Jerusalem based on the plan of the Father and Jesus Christ fulfilling it. So it's not a maybe hope, but that's the hope. So here... Uh, show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie we might have a strong consolation consolation is solace and, and, and comfort strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us so in the city of refuge they could flee there to that hope. So the Avengers after. So they got the hope there. It's a place of safety. And they, they knew this is a place of safety. Hope. It, it wasn't just maybe hope. It was desires expectations. Under In that city of refuge. I'm safe. In verse 19. Which of course we know. This is Jesus Christ. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. So anchor, sure and steadfast. Uh, in verse 20, where the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. You know, he went uh, into the veil to the most holy. He was a high priest. He was a sacrifice. And, and after he offered, the veil was rent and so forth. But Christ entered into the veil. The priest would go once a year enter into the most holy and offer sacrifice for himself and for the sins of the people. But Christ... Our high priest 
offered himself a sacrifice to pay for our sins. And he shows this unto the heirs. Now, Hebrew chapter... Uh, verse uh, 18, or chapter 7, verse 18. For there is verily an annulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and profitableness of it. So we look at the commandments. There was an annulling before. Before there was ever given, there was an annulling. And that, again, that annulling is Jesus Christ. For there is verily an annulling of the commandments going before for the weakness and unprofitableness of it. So again, these commandments, where were they given? Mount Sinai. And in verse 19, for the law, which was given in Mount Sinai, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw near unto God. How do we draw near unto God? Mount Sinai, law of Moses? No, through Jesus Christ. Verse 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And, this, and I, I love, dearly love the scripture, where he is able. I'm not able, you're not able. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost. Uttermost means no other means possible. You can't be any more saved. Saved to the uttermost that come to God by him. How do we come to God? By him. We'd never come on our own. We'd choose darkness rather than light, according to the scriptures. Coming to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. That's uh, Mount Zion. Uh, so then in, in Hebrew, uh, and uh, well, and I can't think of the scripture now, but it talks about, said, uh, for we don't go to this Mount Zion. We don't go there where there's uh, fear and quaking and lightnings and thunderings and, and Moses even quake. said, so we don't go there. We don't go to Mount Zion. And then it goes on to tell us, or Mount Sinai, I'm sorry. We don't go to Mount Sinai. It says, then we go to Mount Zion, to the church, to Jesus Christ. That's where we go. That's where we have peace. Uh, so this place, I, it's a resting place, again, for God's people. Uh, Hebrew chapter 4. So again, where do you go? Do you go Mount Sinai? Hebrew 4 and, and uh, verse 3. For we who have believed do enter into rest. And who's going to believe? 
Acts 13, 48, all that were ordained to eternal life believed. So those that was ordained to eternal life are going to believe. For we who have believed do enter into rest. And, and that's what our, our lesson is talking about, a, a resting place, peaceable, sure. For we who have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What works is he talking about? The work of Jesus Christ. He, he wasn't crucified before the foundation of the world, but that's when the plan of salvation was established. Before the foundation of the world, he was to be crucified. He finished our work. So what do we have to do? He finished our work. He died on the cross. He completed the plan of salvation. So what work do we have? We have rest. That's what our lesson was talking about. Uh, verse, so said that, talking about uh, verse 3, the work that was finished from the foundation of the world. And in verse 9, uh, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest... He also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Again, many years, I didn't enter into his rest. I was looking at my own works. I, again, I tried not to look. I tried to not think about it. So I, I didn't, as I was taught, and by the world or whatever, all these things that you have to do. That's not rest. I mean, and the list goes on and on. But, you know, you take the first step. You make the right choice. You make the right decision. You pray through. You uh, live above the Mosaic law. And once you get there, then you hold on faithful to the end. There's no rest, no peace in that. Again, I lived there for a while. And no peace there. Uh, so, for he that has entered into his rest. Have you entered into his rest that was finished from before the foundation of the world? Is that where your rest is? It says, he also has ceased from his own works. Not looking for our own works of righteousness. And then... Uh, I don't know if we have time or not. Uh, I don't think we do. It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall at the same example of unbelief. And, and you might think that's strange, talking about rest. And then the next verse says, labor. Well, what's that all about? And, and let, me, let me try to real quickly look at that. Uh, in verse uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. So here it talks about labor to enter into that rest. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, this doesn't say study to show God anything. You're not studying. You, you can't show God anything. So you're not, showing, you're not studying to uh, show God that you're approved. 
You're studying to show yourself. That's what it says. Study to show thyself approved unto God. So we study as we come out here as you study and everything and in prayer uh, to show that we are approved of God through Jesus Christ. And 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. And verse 11. When I said, uh, or uh, there in Hebrew, said uh, uh, that you labor to enter into that rest. Well, that labor is, is a study. And verse uh, uh, Hebrew 4 and 11. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands uh, as he commanded you. So this is our, our, our study. We have rest. We have rest because he completed the work from the foundation of the world. And then... It says there's a rest for the people of God. And, he that, and then it tells us to labor to enter into that rest. Well, that's our labor. And, and I never will forget Nita Roberts. And I was talking about labor one time and work. And she says, I don't want to labor. I don't want to work. And I knew Nita very well. And I said, well, Nita, do you like to study the scriptures? I love to study the scriptures. Do you love to come to church and fellowship and, and breaking of bread around the word? Well, you know I do. And I said, well, that's, that's the labor, that's the work. Well, that's not labor, that's not work. I said, no, it's not burdensome. It's not irksome. Uh, so, but our lesson in, in Isaiah 32 and, and 18. Let me read verse 17 with it. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation. And in sure dwellings. And in quiet resting places. And... Let me take uh, just another minute and read the 23rd Psalms. You're all familiar with it. But Cephas doesn't come to mind. And it's because of what he's done. This, but again, where do, you, where do you dwell? Mount Sinai or Mount Zion? Psalms 23. And this is not Mount Sinai pictured here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And hasn't he? As we come here 
the enemy is out there. I'm saying the enemy is to Christ. I'm saying those people, instead of pointing people to Christ, they point people to Mount Sinai, the law of Moses. That's the way. That's what you have to do. He has uh, led us in the presence of our enemies. He set a table. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. As I think of this quietness and assurance and peaceable place of habitation, I can't think of any better way of describing it than just my cup runneth over. Because I know where I was. I know the condition I was in whenever I was looking to Mount Sinai. And it's not a pleasant place. It's not a place of rest. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a, a peaceable place of righteousness. My people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. And if you find yourself Like this lady, well, I don't know. I begin to doubt my salvation now. You're not in that resting place. You're at Mount Sinai. You're at Mount, yeah, you're at Mount Sinai. And he has prepared a place for us, a place of refuge, and we look, we look to him. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.